With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, so good to be with you. I've been doing everybody's show but my own show, and now I'm back doing my own show. That's what I love, man. This is great stuff. We are so happy to be with you. So excited about 2019. We just we got some cool stuff planned for, for the show. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help stay ahead of the game 
Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Of course, good folks at Farmers are going to take us down to the Farmers Open. That's at Torrey Pines in San Diego, California, upcoming in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll be headed off to the Super Bowl shortly after that. Super Week, where we have all the best guests. Uh, we got college basketball. We got NBA. Mike Pouncey is going to join us, center for the Chargers. Hey, uh, Ryan Music, Happy New Year to you. Um, Mike Pouncey. Where was he before he was in, where was he before? He was, he was in Miami. His brother has been in Pittsburgh, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Got to make sure you get your pounces correct. Not a lot going on in Pittsburgh today, Rizzer. Not a lot. No. It's always amazing on how this week we spend a bunch of time talking about the teams that didn't make the playoffs, right? Next week, we'll talk about the teams that lost in, in the first round in wildcard weekend. And we'll have Mike Pouncey on center for the Chargers, who is a big challenge for them. They're going to take on the Ravens, and they did not play well against the Ravens, especially up front. I'm going to ask him, have they, have they figured out what went wrong against the Ravens' defensive line uh, as they get ready for Saturday's game? Quick turnaround for both teams as the, the Ravens played the later game, although they played at home against the, the Cleveland Browns in a win against the Browns, which put them in the playoffs. So Mike Pouncey, center, L.A. Chargers, former Dolphin, of course, brother, uh, brothers with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, all right, so uh, this this has kind of happened fast. Yesterday, it was reported by Jason LaCanfora of CBS Sports, and Jason's going to join us later on this hour as well, that, that um, Antonio Brown had requested a trade. Now, there was a difference between the request and the demand of the trade. This all comes from a story of a couple of days ago where we learned Antonio Brown was a healthy scratch from Sunday's must-win game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He doesn't play. They do win. We find out he, he, he doesn't play because he got into some sort of verbal altercation with Ben Roethlisberger, throws a football at Big Ben, leaves practice, doesn't return, doesn't come to walkthrough, doesn't communicate with his coach, doesn't communicate with his quarterback. And then Sunday morning, his agent says, hey, he's all good. He's ready to play. Here's Mike Tomlin on the situation. Circumstances being what they were and the amount of things that we were going through, um, it wasn't a lot of communication there. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday, prior to the game uh, to be something that's very significant and will be handled appropriately so. I'm not going to speculate on trades and things of that nature. Uh, We haven't formally received a request in that regard. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed and it will be addressed and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. Um, what's that? Andrew Brandt. Some of you follow him. Of course, used to work in front offices, has worked at the athletic, has worked at, at other places. Uh, Andrew Brandt likes to tweet out, uh, translation, they're pissed, <laughs> right? Like they're really, really, really pissed. And my guess is, and Antonio Brown conducted an interview, or is going to conduct, has that interview taken place on Twitter? Uh, James Harrison, who works for us, who's a former Steeler. Remember James Harrison, who left the Steelers and went to the went to the New England Patriots last year after he was cut, has conducted apparently some sort of interview with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown also took to Instagram, and after ESPN uh, put out Ryan Clark, who said, hey, you're creating a monster when you give him money, he called Ryan Clark an Uncle Tom. He started following the San Francisco 49ers. Antonio Brown is basically napalming everything with the San Francisco 49ers. 
I think Antonio Brown's an amazing, amazing talent. I don't know how he's always open, but in spite of the fact or despite the fact he's always double teamed, he seems to be always open. But be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. Right? Like we operated under this and I operated under the premise that it's $20 million in dead cap money if he does get traded, but there's always a way to trade a guy. There's a way to figure it out. And when I read that uh, that the brain trust, that the Roonies are, are not are not in the mood to acquiesce to trade requests or trade demands. That's And then Antonio Brown hears that and conducts an interview with a former Steeler who then, of course, joined the hated rival or the nemesis in the New England Patriots. It leads me to believe he's like, look, you don't have to acquiesce. I'm going to demand my way out of here. He's got Drew Rosenhaus as an agent. You only have Drew Rosenhaus as an agent if you want to get every last dime that you feel like you're owed. He's 31 years old, which is the wrong side of 30 for skill positions outside of quarterback in the National Football League. He quite obviously wants to go somewhere like a San Francisco. I thought, of, maybe I'll go to a San Francisco. Be careful what you wish for because you might get it. You might not get San Francisco. You might get Buffalo. <laughs> right? Uh, you, you don't, like, if you just think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go like, hey, San Francisco 49ers. Here you go. Here he wants. We're gonna do exactly what he wants because he requested it. Like, how do you think that possibly works? You could not handle this any worse, any worse, if you're Antonio Brown. Yeah, we've seen the Steelers play hardball. His name is Le'Veon Bell. They offered Le'Veon Bell a contract that would have made him the highest-paid running back in the league. He balked at it. They franchise tagged him. He played a year. They offered him a reduced contract because they'd already paid him a guaranteed year at, at, a, at, at a rate commensurate with the top five at his position. He balked at that. They played a game of chicken. Le'Veon Bell didn't blink, but you know who else didn't blink? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I, I'm not saying that he doesn't have some sort of beef with Mike Tomlin, that he can't have a beef with Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the perfect leader, the perfect quarterback, or he is without any sort of blame here. But dude, you, I would, I would think you gotta be a little smarter than this, right? You gotta play a little poker. No one likes their dirty laundry being aired. Nobody, especially, especially NFL teams. No one. And the second you start going, hey, I want to be traded. No, you're not going to acquiesce? Fine. Let me tell you exactly how I want to be traded. Let me tell you everything that's wrong. Like, what? We can get a divorce. Why does it have to be public? We can make a trade, but you demanding it hurts your trade value, hurts what we get in return. So you know what else we're going to do? We're going to send you to somewhere you don't want to go. You don't like playing with Ben Roethlisberger? Have fun playing with Josh Allen trying to catch balls that are five yards outside your catch radius. We'll send you to Miami where you have no idea who your quarterback's going to be. We'll send you to Carolina where good luck if Cam Newton's shoulder gets healthy, he can even throw, throw a football accurately. 
Like, just the idea that we're going to send you to the San Francisco 49ers who got Jimmy Garoppolo and have a great play caller, an awesome tight end, and a ton of draft picks and cap space and hope for the future. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. This is the kid who wants to transfer. And the coach is like, look, think about it. You may want to stay here. Like, no, 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 I want to transfer, and I want to transfer to this place. And the coach is like, all right, fine. Look, you can transfer anywhere you want, except to that place. I'm fascinated to see what happens with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I hope that other wide receivers are watching Odell Beckham Jr. and watching Odell Brown, uh, uh, watching Antonio Brown, realizing they're hurting our value. Here are two super gifted players. Super gifted players. And look, Antonio Brown has led the league in targets and led the league in catches, and this year led the league in touchdown receptions. You might be unhappy, but how unhappy could you really be? And the fact is that even with you, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not make the playoffs. So could they be worse without you? Yes, but they could be better. Care for what you wish for. You might well get it. Airing us, airing uh, a private relationship's dysfunction in public, not a great plan. Mike Pouncey from the Chargers joined the show. They lost to the Ravens at home, really struggled to block that defensive front of the Ravens. How are things going to be different in the playoffs? I'll ask him upcoming next. But first, here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever even visit a dealership. That's right. The true price includes all dealer fees, all accessories. True Car will show you what other people in your area pay for the car that you want. It's like comps in real estate. It's so valuable to know, hey, if you want a moonroof, this is what Jimmy down the street paid for the moonroof. Now you know what a fair price is. You'll feel confident. So your certified dealer knows this. They set their true price competitively and they can win your business. Over three million cars have been sold to true car users using the true car certified dealer network. And there are over 15,000 true car certified dealers nationwide on average true car users save over $3,000 off MSRP. How can you go wrong? You got the true price. You got the true car certified dealer network and there are 15,000 true car certified dealers nationwide. So when you're ready to stop messing around and buy a new or used car, visit true car. You're going to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. In sports, a trade can make or break your team. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading your car. You need to make good choices, and with True Car, you've got a star in your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer, not available in all areas. So I think I told you guys that I went to Chargers Ravens, and it was, and I've been to other Chargers games, and it was the first time I felt, I really felt like there was a home field advantage. Were there Ravens fans there? Sure. Ravens have won. Won and uh, you know won a couple Super Bowls, and so when you haven't had a pro team for 20 years, you're going to get fans of different teams, especially ones that have won. But that was the first; it was a good environment, and yet that was the time in which I felt like the Chargers 
frankly got outplayed, especially up front. And this offensive line is as big a story. People point to Rivers and Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But one of the big stories with the L.A. Chargers has been their ability to protect and open holes for that offense up front. And it starts with a huge free agent acquisition, Mike Pouncey, who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Mike, you guys get another shot at the Ravens. What went wrong last time? I mean, nothing went right for us, for sure. Um, we didn't play that well. Uh, you know, we went in with the right mindset, had a great week of practice that week. Uh, they kind of just schemed us up and outplayed us, and it was that simple. But uh, fortunately, we got another opportunity with these guys, and uh, we'll go out, have another great week of practice, and we'll be more prepared this game. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. Um Home teams especially have done well on Thursday night, supposedly because it's easier to prep when you're at home. You don't have the travel. Uh, how much e- how much, how much easier is it to get ready for a team in the playoffs when you just played them a couple weeks ago? Yeah, well, that was a Saturday night game the first time we played them. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, it was Saturday night. That's Thursday. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, so yeah, we had, we, had, we had time to prepare for those guys then. We just didn't play well. They, uh, they were more hungry for that game. They had more to fight for in that game than we did. And, uh, you know, we let that one slip away from us. But, uh, I mean, we know what to expect from these guys. Uh, it's a really good defense. They, they play really well together. But, uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier to play a team whenever you've already faced them. And uh, luckily we've, um, we're only one week out from facing these guys. So we'll be ready to play this the playoff game. It's winter go home. So uh, I'm sure both teams will be fired up and uh, ready to play. It's going to be a big-time game. When you signed with the Chargers and Tom Telesco kind of painted a picture of how he thought you would – help kind of change the culture. I mean, they've had all kinds of issues with the offensive line that, you know, between injuries and, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, you lose your first round pick last year to injury, never Mm -hmm. plays a game. You know, when he painted the picture of what it's going to look like, how close to it has it been from what Telesco, the general manager told you to how it actually played out this year with the chargers? Well, I think it just, it played out, the exact same way whenever we they presented in front of me, uh, the football team that we had already had over here, um, and just plugging me in. Um, I think I've met all the expectations for this football team. This organization has definitely met all the expectations I've had for them. But uh, it's been an awesome year. Uh, one thing I can tell you about offensive line, is never one guy that's going out there and changing stuff. It, it takes a collective group of guys to go out there and play as one. And uh, I think we've done that for the most part of the year. We've really played really well together. Uh, we've had a couple games where we slipped up, and um, some we've won, uh, others we've lost. But as an offensive line up front, I feel like we've had a really good year, and, a, and we've been a really solid unit for this football team. Now, every each week when we go out and we, we watch the film after the game, there's always room for improvement. And uh, for the most part, we've improved week in and week out. Um, this is this is one of those games for us. Is, you know, it's the biggest game of the year. A lot of guys have never played in the playoff game. Uh, we know we know it's at stake for our football team, for our organization, and so – We'll be ready to play more than we were last time, and uh, this this is going to be one of those games where uh, it's going to be very very physical. Um, and the, the team that executes the game, the, the game plan better, will be the team that wins this game. You know, people rave about your consistency, right? Like you had hip surgery, I think it was two years ago, and there's some questions yes, about you know how how much. You, and I don't think you tell me if I'm wrong. You haven't missed a practice, let alone obviously a game during your time with with the Chargers. How much of that? How much of that is you trying to prove to your teammates? How much of that is you trying to prove to yourself that you are in fact healthy? And th- that's that's what kind of leadership is about. Is about being an everyday guy. Well, anytime, anytime you come off a major surgery, especially one I had, um, there's always questions about, you know, are you going to come back the same player, or a better player? For me, I just always wanted to push myself to be a better player. I never wanted to come back and be the same player. And um, you know. Injuries happen in this game. It's a very physical game. It's 
just the guys that stick through it, that that keep pushing themselves to get better and better, that prevail from it. And uh, you know, the Dolphins they gave up on me. Um, they were just at a point where you know they just were ready to move on. And for me, it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, like I was able to come out here and sign with this football team. Uh, they believed in me from day one. And, and honestly, I it wasn't about proving anybody wrong. It was just proving myself right. I knew I still had a lot left in the tank. It was about proving the Chargers right for giving me an opportunity. And uh, I've, I've been very thankful to be a part of this football team. It's been awesome for my uh, for for me to be at the uh, you know we're back end of my career to be on a football team and have so much success and um, we're excited for it. This, this is going to be my first playoff game that I actually played in. The one time we made it with the Dolphins, I was injured, so I'm fired up for it. Uh, I can't wait. I, you know, I've never played in a, in a playoff football game. I've always wanted to my whole career, so I'm excited for this opportunity. Have you talked to your brother? <laughs> I talk to him every day. <laughs> okay, so, but I, I got a couple things to ask you about your brother. Mike Pouncey joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. First, in terms, like, no one knows the Ravens like a Pittsburgh Steeler knows the Ravens. I don't know if you guys chop, talk shop to that level, but has he given you, has he given you any, like, hey, man, you got to do this or you got to do that or watch for this with, with the Ravens? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we talk a lot about, you know, just po- opponents that we go up against, uh, what to expect. Um, he, these guys are very stout up front. Uh, they take on double teams very, very well. And so, uh, for the most part, it's just, you know, going out there, staying on our double teams, not having to come off on the backers when we don't have to or coming off too early because this 3-4 kind of scheme that they, these guys run, they, uh, they, they make their, their money off, you know, getting linemen stuck on double teams and then having one guy come off too early and then the linebacker making the play. So we'll go in, we'll, uh, we'll do a good job of uh, blocking these guys up front. And if we do our job as the offensive line, we feel like this game's going to be a real good game for us. Did you have any idea the level of dysfunction that's going on in your brother's locker room before the last couple of days? No, nah, not at all. I mean, my brother doesn't talk anything about his football team outside of what his the guys on his team. You know, that's not none of my concern. My concern is our football team. Uh, I feel like the less distractions you have as a football team, the better chance you have moving forward and having success throughout the season. So that's what our football team tried to focus on, you know, just – you know, putting the team first, uh, not having any distractions, and uh, just worry about uh, protecting the team. Um, Hunter Henry is going to play this weekend. What What is that like to see a guy? I mean, he goes down in OTAs, and everybody said, all right, he's done for the year. And then there was there was talk of him like, hey, maybe he can come back for the playoffs. And I think a lot of people said, like, well, that'd be a mistake. But obviously he's proven himself to be ready. What, what's it like to all of a sudden, for the postseason, uh, I know you didn't have Eckler last time, but you've had Eckler throughout the year. But to have – to have a a, a a Pro Bowl caliber tight end all of a sudden healthy and fresh, game 17, what's that mean to your offense? I mean, it's big time for us. Uh, Hunter's been a great football player for this organization. Uh, he is a Pro Bowl caliber uh, tight end. And just to add that piece into our offense, to have that threat, um, for him to be able to get out there and um, help our football team win a football game is big time. I know it's going to mean the world to him. Uh, you know, he expected big things coming into the year. And then uh, he had the injury in OTAs. But uh, everything I've heard about him has been awesome. He's a leader on our football team. And uh, we're all excited for him, man. We wish nothing but the best for him. We hope he goes out there and plays his best football and um, helps our football team uh, give us a chance, a better chance to win this game. You think uh, you obviously played for, for Urban at, uh, at Florida. Do you believe he's done, do you believe he's done coaching? Uh, I don't know, man. I love Urban. Urban was great to me, man. I always looked at him as a father figure. You know, I spent four of my um, years of my life up there with him. It was great to me. Who knows, man? I, it's hard for me to say that he'll never coach again because football has been his life. He loves it. He's an awesome football coach. But uh, if he walks away from it, I mean, he's walking away as one of the all-time greatest college football coaches. So 
I mean, there's it's a win-win for him. If he comes back, he'll make a you know a ton of money again for another organization. And uh, if he stays away from the game, he has a ton of money already, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches uh, ever to coach the game. Uh, if there's one lesson, one thing, it could be football, it could be non-football, something that you like, hey, man, I, I picked this up from Urban and I take it with me wherever I go, what, what would it be? Uh, there's so many different things. I think for me, uh, you know, the one thing I would say is that, the, you know, his competitive nature that he instilled in all of his players, whether it was to be the best in, in the classroom or be the best on the football field, it made you a better uh, football player or a better person off the field. And so, for me, I've always lived my life like that. You know, he, he gave us an example one time, like, there's going to be a bunch of guys in life where you're going to pull up to a gas pump and um, you're either going to pump your gas and lock it on and go in the store and get whatever you want, or you're going to be sitting at the pump looking how much money you're putting into your gas tank. And so, for me, I always wanted to be a guy that was be a, for set myself up to be a guy that was going to, you know, be able to lock that gas pump, be able to go in the gas station, and not worry about how much gas is going to be put in my tank. And so that stuck with me my whole life, or since you know we've left college, and uh, you know I've always appreciated everything. I've loved following his career; he's he's done awesome, and um, you know I hate to see him walk away from it because you know he gives his sport so much. But uh, if he if he chooses to, I'm I'm always going to be a big Urban Meyer fan. Well, pretty remarkable uh, career for you as well. Obviously, making a Pro Bowl. Uh, and you know, coming off the hip surgery, and as you pointed out, Dolphins gave up on you, but it's pretty obvious that you've made it back to a level, maybe even higher than when you suffered that, that injury back playing uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Best of Safe travels to Baltimore. Best of luck, and thanks so much for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's, uh, that's Mike Pouncey joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Real, real quick, uh, John Ramos, did, did, was there an S, was there an S uh, something of, of uh, money? Did that, that make air? It did not make air. I, I <laughs> caught it. Don't worry, Doug. You're, okay, just, just you're always in safe like, hands with I, me. I, and for people who are listening, you're like, if you, if you, there's something called the dumb button that we have in sports. And I, I like, listen, Mike, that, that's the great thing. That's where I knew Mike was kind of opening up. He, he did say that if Urban comes back, he'll make up. A boatload of money. Only he didn't use the boatload. He took. <laughs> he used the. There's a different. Yes. Yes. Load. Load of money. Uh, John Ramos caught it, so we don't leave lose our SCC license. Uh, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, invoice price. True Car shows you what other people in your area paid for the car, car that you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I, I can tell you this from the people I talked to with the Chargers. They're like, look. You cannot underestimate how good Mike Pouncey is, how good he is in that offensive line room, and what a leader he is. And he even, like, have you ever heard a player come on and go like, hey, we, we just got outplayed. We, we, we were prepared. We just got outplayed. So fascinating to see what they do Saturday against a terrific defensive front with the Baltimore Ravens. Let's check in with Dan Beyer. A lot going on in sports. DB, how are you? Great uh, job filling in the last couple of days. I've been listening. Oh, thank you very much. It was it was good to good to be in the chair and now back to uh, back to normalcy here on Fox Sports Radio. Although with Mike Pouncey, new rules uh, for 2019. You know, hey, say whatever you want on the air. That's uh, breaking the new year, new rules motto. Uh, same rules in Pittsburgh for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to follow them. Antonio Brown didn't, and now he'll have to face the consequences. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed, and it will be addressed and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. Tomlin making those comments after Brown was a no-show and then wanted to show up for their game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tomlin did say that 
in the communication they've had. So far, there has not been a trade request from Brown. Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton set out practice today because of his injured ankle, but is expected to play Saturday in Houston. Colts center Ryan Kelly says he will play against the Texans after missing Week 17 with a neck injury. The University of Houston officially named Dana Holgerson as the school's head football coach. Comes over from West Virginia, where he spent eight years, and the Mountaineers went to seven bowl games. Current USC offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury has head coaching interviews scheduled in the NFL with the Jets and Cardinals. No LeBron tonight for the Lakers. Remains out against the Thunder because of his groin injury. And Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving won't play tonight against the Timberwolves because of an eye injury. We'll be back to Doug at the Doug Gottlieb Show in 10 seconds. But first, a word from Farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back to you, Doug, on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox. Dan, you have a good New Year? Yes, yes, absolutely. Went to All the right. Rose Bowl yesterday, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you normally, New Year, you think about refreshing and restarting, and then you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are going to have to refresh, restart either the relationship with Antonio Brown or find a new number one or number two wide receiver. Let's check in with Jason Lockenford. Jason Lockenford, of course, of CBS Sports. You, you see him on their coverage of the NFL. You also read his work at cbssports.com. He has his own podcast. He does an incredible job. Follow him on Twitter as well for all your NFL information. And yesterday, I was following Jason Lockhamfora, doing a bevy of different shows, including Dan Patrick's show. We had talked about the Antonio Brown story, which had come out, which is he gets into it with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they have words. He throws a football at Ben Roethlisberger. He leaves practice and then won't return anybody's call. Shows up Sunday ready to play, and they're like, yeah, no. No, not not so much. Then JLC tweets out that he had requested, not demanded, but requested a trade. And of course, we heard from Mike Tomlin just moments ago. Jason Lockhamfora joins us. Is there any update, any 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 further parts of this story since uh, since your last tweet? Uh, no, uh, just uh, now everyone's awaiting. I, I guess at one point. Um... Antonio Brown had put on Instagram that he was maybe going to do an interview with James Harrison, that they were going to sort of Facebook live or broadcast and, you know, over the internet somehow. And I guess that hasn't started on time. And I don't know if that's going to happen at all, or if um, wiser heads prevailed. I was talking to somebody in the organization uh, right before you called and they're like, are you aware there's going to be a rebuttal to our state of the union? You know what I mean? Like when, uh, you know, you yeah, have like whatever, the, the Democrats the Democrat now do that. In yes. office, then yeah. you have the Republicans coming after us. I'm like, no, I'm knee deep in phone calls. They're like, yeah, go check out Instagram. So, I mean, I guess that could be the next twist, uh, plot twist to take place. But he let them know that he wants out. Where it goes from there remains to be seen. But it was definitely made clear to the organization, whether directly to Mike Tomlin or not, um, if we want to play word games. But they know in that building that he let everybody know, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be a trade. doesn't mean that uh, he won't play for them again. They've got a lot to sort out there. And, look, there's a $21 million cap hit associated with any trade, which immediately makes it difficult. But, yes, things have reached such a critical point to where this guy who's been a stealer all his life let the organization know, I want out. Um, I... I... I just I think this is massively misplayed by Antonio Brown. Like again, I don't know. I I understand what he's saying, and I've heard from others that like, hey, 
Ben Roethlisberger is no angel here, right? Like right. he can be, he obviously he can be difficult to deal with, but it's the idea of publicly airing your grievances, handling in this way. And then like, look, I don't know if he wants to be a Niner or not, but trolling and following the San Francisco 49ers, like you do realize that, that you've hurt your trade value by making this public and you've ticked off the guys who they may, they may acquiesce and trade you, but they're not going to trade you where you want to go. Like that's not the way you're, you're likely to be trying to catch balls five yards over your head from, from Josh Allen in Buffalo more so than getting a chance to pick where you want to go. Right. Isn't that, doesn't that feel like this this is, uh, this is a, a, a guy who I think he has some people nodding his head. Like it's a good idea. And these are bad ideas. Yeah. Look, I, I think, the whole thing could have been handled probably better on a lot of uh, levels by a lot of people. Um, that look that that is a place where they keep things loose. And Mike Tomlin and it served him incredibly well. And you put his resume up against anybody who's been doing this the last twenty years, it resonates. Take take the names off and just add all the numbers up and add up the playoff numbers and add up the ten win seasons and add up the winning percentage and add up the playoff appearances and throw in the rings, it's right there. So it served them very well, and he has a certain style that he's going to let the men be men, and he's going to cut them a wide swath, and he's he's not going to shy away from guys with big personalities who build their brands and do all those things that go into being a megastar. But they have, I think, reached critical mass with some of these particular personalities and how they rub up against each other. And this guy went AWOL three times this year. The first two times, I mean, I'm reported about it. Like, at training camp, I'm like, dude, he's not hurt. He went home to Pittsburgh during camp because they sent his personal nutritionist and his social media guy and said they can't just roam our fields during training camp anymore. Like, no, they're not, they're not Steelers credentialed. Like, they got to go. And he took off and left. Then they had a blow-up with Ben on the sidelines. And then didn't show up to work on Monday. Like, so, you know, I think some of this has been allowed to perpetuate because, you know what, in the past they always did rally, Doug. And even when, when things got down, like all the anthem stuff they dealt with a year ago, with, you know, Villanueva being the only guy standing out there, and all the guys ripping each other, they got it back together and got in the playoffs, you know, and made a run. This year it didn't happen. So it's like, okay, well, maybe we need to deal with some of these things differently now because just continuing to give these guys that much leeway is probably too much leeway. And we let them hang themselves to some degree here, but that's also on us to some degree. So we got to kumbaya this up because, again, a trade is great and all. They're always tight against the cap. I mean, that $21 million, the way they structure contracts, this is not an easy trade to facilitate even if the Roonies were like, okay, we're all in, just get them the heck out of our building. This isn't like when they reached that point with Le'Veon Bell a year ago. That was totally different. I mean, they weren't paying him anything. There's no future salary. He's on a franchise tag that hasn't earned him a penny yet because he hasn't showed up. This is much more complicated. Yeah, $21 million in dead cap money. Like, there's just, there's just no way. Like, I don't even I mean, understand. You, I mean, there's always a way. You can always take the can take, down the road, but it's not feasible to maintaining things. And getting better, or at least treading water, it makes it very difficult. Especially when you're in the waning days or years of, of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like he's not. It's not like Ben Roethlisberger is going to have ten more shots at. It. He's got one or two more shots of it. You got to give him. So you're not going to have dead cap money now. Uh, when you're you you need to you need to give him as many weapons as possible, and they have other yeah. issues to fix. It's it's tough. Um, 
I mean, again, we're, we're hours into this offseason that is going to be endless. I mean, this offseason, we know, what, it's nine months until they play another meaningful football game that counts in the standings. We'll have to see, you know, how stuck in does he get? Does he reach Le'Veon Bell, you know? Does he reach Le'Veon Bell's degree of it where he's like, I'm willing to literally incur these fines and do whatever just to get out of here? I mean, who knows? They, 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 they've got a lot of time to try to sort this out. But if he gets completely stuck in and makes it ugly, who, who knows? I, I can't Look, he's a very unpredictable guy, and Le'Veon Bell was a very unpredictable guy. And Le'Veon Bell took that thing to an extreme. No one, not even any of his teammates, thought was ever possible at this time last year. So who knows? What do you think? Uh, I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Cleveland being the best job. I'm gonna dis. I I realize they have better personnel than a lot of these other teams. My issue with taking the Cleveland job would be Dorsey has a sizable ego and has done a pretty good job since he's been there, right? So if something goes wrong, it's not gonna be his fault. Baker Mayfield is a cult hero right now, and he has essentially opined for you know. Uh, you know, Lincoln to be his, his next head coach, which isn't going to happen. And so, you know, like, I don't think it's that great a job because suddenly now Cleveland has expectations. Their owner has no patience, six coaches in 10 years. And if something goes wrong, it ain't going to be Baker's fault. It ain't going to be Dorsey's fault. I, I, I think it's, I think it, for me, it's probably the best job because I think Baker Mayfield is locked and loaded. I think the roster's locked and loaded. I think you, you if you come in there, they want an offensive guy. Like, what are you, what are you going to fight with Dorsey about? The left tackle, like getting a new left tackle maybe, but he's going to want one too. The interior of the line is set. The running back set. The slot receiver's set. The tight end is basically set. You can live with Njoku. Yep. Callaway, if he doesn't develop, so what? You need an outside receiver maybe. But, like, for the model that they're likely going to go for, I mean, they can draft defense. You see that. Uh, I, I – my, my trepidation is Jimmy Haslam. I mean, no coach has won more than 10 games under Jimmy Haslam. Right. I mean, nobody lasts more than two years under Jimmy Haslam. I, I'm not really worried about Dorsey. If I'm thinking, having second thoughts about that job, it's because do I really want to cast these, my lot with these people who, even though now everything looks like it can't be bleeped up, my God, they've bleeped up everything they've touched. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Dorsey's got an ego. I mean, yeah, but most GM, everybody in football. I mean, GMs, head coaches in the NFL, they've all think pretty highly of themselves. Uh, um, okay, I, so d- d- does Gase get another job? I think it's entirely possible. If I was advising Adam Gase, I would tell him, don't take that Arizona job. Don't even think about it. It's fine if you want to interview there. But don't go from Tannehill to Rosen. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he'll be, have an opportunity to get a job. But it may be a situation where the jobs that are offered to him you know, might not make total sense for him at this point in his career. I, I think Adam Gase on his second job, and I said this when he was hired, has a chance to be. I mean, he's going to have to take some lumps the first time. They pretty much all do. But on his second job, I think he could be a real force, but I, I think he also has to be careful about getting himself in a situation that's conducive to winning. I don't see Arizona. I mean, to me, Arizona's the worst job. Arizona, Cincinnati, flip a coin. Uh, I, I don't want either of them. Uh, that's Jason Lockhamfora from CBS Sports. Great stuff, JLC. Look forward to reading your upcoming columns and your tweets and all your stuff on TV during the playoffs. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, Happy New Year. That's Jason Lockhamfora joining us from CBS Sports here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. 
What about Hugh Jackson getting another chance to become a head coach in the NFL? Real news or fake news? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion. Uh, excuse me. Uh, every day at this time, we like to play a game. We call it. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Beyer, what's the game today? The game today, Doug, is... Real news, fake news. All right, Doug, real news or fake news that former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson has a head coaching interview scheduled. Is that real news or fake news? Real news. They're real and they're spectacular. Yeah, Jackson's going to interview with the Cincinnati Bengals, but there is also some interest from the Minnesota Vikings for their offensive coordinator position. This, according to Jason Lockenfora, who we just spoke to. Yeah, the offensive coordinator sounds like a, a more like, look, he was a, he did a good job in Cincinnati. I, I, I've actually heard it, it's hurting Marvin Lewis's candidacy for other jobs that he's supporting his guy in Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, a little bit toxic right now with how everything went down in Cleveland uh, before and after his ouster. I don't think he's a head coach, but he, look, one of one of the, and it's not a great thing to have, but one of the, the unreported parts of so many African-American coaches losing their job, and white coaches lost their job too, but, you know, look, the, the, uh, the, the ratio is still not what it should be in terms of front office leadership, head coaching leadership, offensive coordinator leadership. That said, one of the hard things to do is get head coaching experience, right? It's like, well... You know, we'd like to hire you, but you had never been a head coach before. And so with, what, four African-American head coaches losing their job, that's, and you add to that to Jim Caldwell, as well as some others, like, you know, Tony Dungy out there as, as well. Not that Tony Dungy's coming back, but you at least have a volume of guys that have been head coaches who you can bring in and interview and get a second chance. Most guys have a better chance of success with that second chance. Real news or fake news, Doug, that New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman says Eli Manning will be back as the team's starting quarterback for 2019. Uh, that sounds like real news. You are fake news. No, Gettleman had this to say. Eli and I had a very extensive conversation on Monday. No holds barred. He he took me in the low post and won, but, you know, the bottom line is it was a very honest and upfront conversation. I'll keep what was said private between he and I. We're going to evaluate everything. Everything's on the table for us. That was Dave Gettleman about the New York Giants. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a smart way of handling it. Like, look, don't handle it through the media. Face-to-face conversation. Look, Eli, we, I'm guessing the conversation is we're going to have you back, but we're going to have to go out and get another quarterback. Right? We, just, we, we can't sit there and, and keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result as you get older. Um, and you know, Eli's going to have to accept that. And you know, what do we do financially for you in the short term? What do we do long term in the future? If we drafted a quarterback, are you willing to mentor him? Like really mentor him? Not what Kurt Warner did, you know, as, as Kurt really, really struggled with the idea of mentoring Eli Manning. Like that Kurt Warner's like, I'm a former MVP and he couldn't stay healthy. So I'm, I'm guessing that's the conversation. We're bringing in somebody else. 
you're going to, if you start the season as a starter, we got to figure out financially if we can have you make a, 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 take a substantial pay cut so that we can put the best team around you. And if you earn the right to stay the starter, you stay the starter. I, I think that's a, a, a realistic way of looking at it. Real news or fake news, Doug, that Los Angeles Lakers point guard and former UCLA Bruin Lonzo Ball has recommended Earl Watson to be the next head basketball coach of the UCLA men's basketball program. That is real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yes, while Ball spent his only season under Steve Alford, says that he's familiar with Watson and said, hey, give it to Earl. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. I, I, I don't know. I, I saw that as well. Uh, I, I've been told that though he's a candidate and there's a lot of Younger Bruin alumni, I don't believe he's a top candidate for the job. Of course, Earl was a tremendous player at UCLA under Steve Lavin and then had a, uh, had a very good career in the NBA, long, you know, decade-long career in the NBA, and then was a head coach for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, it, it wasn't all hunky-dory. He doesn't receive glowing reviews for a couple reasons in the NBA, not just record alone, but that might not matter because they need young, they need energy. He has his own AAU program that he partners with local guys with. He's an Under Armour guy. Like, all those things make sense. I don't think he's a, he's one of the top three candidates. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And kind of interesting because Russell Westbrook, who is a donor, did donate to uh, to their ba- basketball practice facility. He offered no suggestions. He's like, I'm not that big a donor. And I think Alonzo's given any money just yet. Urban Meyer says he's done coaching. Do you believe him? Hey, if I do, next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you're having a great day. So fired up for 2019. Aren't you? Like, I don't know, there's... there's there, there's there's something about it, right? There's something about a new year that just feels right. It just feels new. It feels refreshing to me. Maybe I'm the only one. Um, at Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Um, pretty interesting bowl season thus far. Obviously, we had a couple blowouts in the college football playoff. And, oh my goodness, I think it's played out exactly as we told you it would. Like We don't need more teams when it's obvious that there are two teams better than everybody else. Right? It felt like that all year. And if you thought that last night's upset of Georgia by Texas was something surprising, my point would simply be like, look, if you think you like Texas was not as good as Georgia this year, they're not Texas lost to Oklahoma state. Texas lost once to Oklahoma. Texas has four losses on this season Four. It, now. I don't want to take away from what Sam Ellinger did last night. I was, you know, and then firing up the crowd saying we're back and like that. That's a great win for Texas. Not good. Great. You beat Georgia. You beat them in Louisiana. You get a chance. That was a nationally televised game. Nothing else on. Everybody's watching. And they were the better football team. They didn't just win. The better team doesn't always win. Like they hit harder. They had, they, they covered better. They seem more prepared. They play within them, within themselves. They were fantastic. But Georgia is a better football team, right? Georgia, Georgia probably wins that game seven times in 10. 
And maybe Texas is sitting there going like, hey, look, we've improved throughout the year, whereas Georgia got still. Maybe. I, I Look, I think, and this is, I don't know if you've seen this, in the sixth years of the college football play, have you seen this, that the number five ranked team in the final polls is one in five in bowls? In other words, the team that just just barely gets left out, they got a hangover. I don't know if that's why they lost or whatever. I just know that they lost. I know that they weren't the better team than Texas last night. But if we would all agree that Texas was an inferior team to Georgia throughout the year, and last night was the exception, not the rule, that's what you would get with three rounds of a playoff. And so in our quest to have a true national champion, we actually might not have a true national champion. Has anybody thought of that for a second? Have you, have, you, have you thought of that for a second? The possibility, just the possibility, unique possibility that in, in this effort to find a true national championship, expand the playoffs, you're going to get a less true national champion. Right? I mean, look, we all want, you know, I, I guess you want what the NFL has, but the truth is that the NFL... The Giants weren't better than the Patriots. They beat the Patriots as they got two opportunities to beat them. But the Patriots finished 16 and 0, 16 and 0, then 18 and 0 after the playoffs and lost to the Giants. The Giants got a second opportunity to beat them in the Super Bowl. Were the Giants a true champion? They won the playoff, but they weren't the true champion. The best team in the NFL that year was the New England Patriots. And I get that that's part of sport. How do you play at the end of the year? And can you win? Sure. But you want the best team to win your championship? The NBA has that because you got a seven, you got seven game series. College football has that because, hey, you got to earn it throughout the year. I actually, the more I come around to it, I, I look differently about it. We got the two best teams playing for a national championship. Last night, we also had Ohio State holding off uh, Washington. Washington trying that backdoor cover at the end of the game. And after the game, Urban Meyer was asked if he would ever coach again. Edward Ashoff, ESPN. Urban Shelley just said out there that she thinks you're done. She would be ecstatic if you never coached again. Why do you believe that you won't coach again? Well, I think I'm very blessed, and uh, this has been, I know, relatively young but I started young 17 years as a head coach 33 years doing this and uh, uh, just very fortunate and I I do believe I'm done I do believe I'm done okay perfect absolutely perfect because I actually agree with him I think he is done and I think he thinks he's done and I think Shelly thinks he's done and I think that's the best way to word it do I believe him? Yes. I believe in the current situation with all the current medical conditions and currently with how much is in his bank and where he is currently living in Ohio, co- coaching at one of his dream jobs currently. Yes. Does that mean he won't coach again? No, it's very unlikely, but a lot of things have to have to happen in order for urban Meyer to coach again. And the first thing is he's got to get healthy. He's got to miss it. And it's got to be the perfect situation and the perfect timing in order for him to do so. I believe him. And so what, what you can sit, you can sit there and say, Hey, look, he retired before you went into the booth and he came out, but that was at Florida. That wasn't a place that you call home. 
at Ohio, at Ohio State, having won a national championship, having accomplished everything and done it at home. And now, like, you know, look, so many of these situations don't end well. And I'm sure he looks at Bob Stoops and says, hey, Bob Stoops got to pick his successor and he left that thing in a good place. And Bob is looks happy, is healthy. And Bob, unlike his dad, doesn't want to die on the sidelines. Bob Stoops' dad died on the sidelines. Don't want it to be him. Urban Meyer, who's of that of the same kind of Ohio, from Ohio, you know, came came up as an Ohio State guy. I think he has the same thing. Doesn't mean that that five years from now he's in great shape. And but we thought Bill Cowher would come out of retirement. He didn't. Of course, his wife sadly passed away at a, at a young age. But there are guys. Jimmy Johnson came out of retirement. It wasn't great. Went back into TV. And now Jimmy Johnson, there was a, there was a 10 year stretch there when everybody would call Jimmy Johnson and he's turned them down. The money is so big now in what those guys have made. I I don't see it happening. Music. Do you believe him? I believe that at this time he Definitely thinks he's done coaching, but I don't think he's coached his last football game. I think the way everything has happened for him over the past year with health, dealing with all of the Zach Smith stuff, I th- he probably looks at this situation and just goes, man, I'm done coaching. But five years from now, he still won't even be 60 years old. And if he keeps going into the doctor's office and they're like, you look good, you're healthy as can be, really glad you stopped coaching. And then, as you said, if the right opportunity comes up, I would not be surprised if he got back into coaching. Yeah, I, I do think it's different walking away from Ohio State than walking away from Florida. I just do. There's there's much more of a, a long-time historic connection. He's going to stay tied to the university. Um, and this isn't like boxing where, you know, you, you put life and limb on the, on the line every time you get into the ring. But, I mean, if you've seen him this year, he looks like he's aged 10 years. He just does. And, you know, could I see him coming back? Yeah, of course. Times change. Things change. This is the way, by the way, that everyone should answer these questions. Everyone should copy Urban Meyer and answer these questions. As of, you know, just say, as of right now, I don't see it as a, as, you know, that that it's going to happen. As of right now. Because I think if you also pointed out to people in the future that look at all these things that have changed, you know? Look, that was two years ago. Here's what I did to improve my health. Here's how much better I feel. Here's the job that came open. Here's why the timing works. But uh, coaching more and more is becoming a young man's game. And I don't. I think a lot of these guys don't want to coach in their 60s and 70s. And the reason that, that coaches used to coach in their 60s and 70s was either one, they didn't have a life, or two, and this is most important, most of them didn't make a lot of money for a long time. Now these guys are making so much money that, and I've said this is like Calvin Johnson and others, you make so much money, no matter how much you're like, could I do it? Yeah, I could go out and make a bunch of money and do it again. But I got plenty of money. So I, I mean, look, outside of Nick Saban, who's dominance at Alabama and of course national championship at LSU, is going to go down as the greatest modern day football coach uh, in college football history. 
You know, I mean, who else is on that list other than Urban Meyer and Saban? Like, ask yourself, rack your brain. Bobby Bowden would probably be, right? They had 14 years of finishing in the top four or top five or whatever in the final AP poll. That was an unbelievable amount of consistency. But Bobby Bowden, he had success previously at, uh, at West Virginia. But if you, if Urban Meyer winning at Bowling Green, winning at Utah, winning two national championships at Florida, winning a couple na- national championships at, uh, at Ohio State, like, man, he's done it multiple locations, multiple conferences in the most competitive time in college football. It's pretty amazing. Like, you don't have to love him as a person. Um, you don't love, have to love how he handled this particular situation or all of his former players. It is funny, though, how he focused on the negative, right? Like, obviously, we had Mike Pouncey on earlier. Mike Pouncey had nothing but praise for him. Uh, he had Aaron Hernandez. Like, was, oh, he coached Aaron Hernandez. Well, he also coached Tim Tebow. Like, don't those two balance each other out? You'd think. His handling of the Zach Smith thing leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. But, uh, I don't know, Urban Meyer has won everywhere he's been. And if you look around the country, between Saban guys and Urban Meyer guys, that's who's populating most of college football in terms of the the new up-and-coming head coaches. He's left an incredible legacy. And one that's going to be hard to top for Ryan Day in Columbus. Joel Klatt joins the show coming next. I'll ask him about Urban Meyer. Does he believe he'll coach again? Plus, the, ba- the bowl season has shown us that the SEC is pretty good, but so is the Big 12. And what of the Big 10? And who wins the national championship? We'll ask Klatt. He joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's continue the conversation about a remire, about what we saw last night with Texas hammering Georgia, the national semifinals, Central Florida, who had a backup quarterback but also was dealing with played against LSU, had backup offensive linemen and, and had wide receivers playing defensive backs. All the all the ejections we've seen for targeting. Man, it's been a wild bowl season, although not a ton of great games, right? Not a ton of great games. Let's welcome in Joel Clad. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Leeds College Football Analyst for Fox Sports. Joel, let's start with Urban Meyer. Um, he says he's he can't see himself, doesn't see himself coaching again. His wife would love that to, to happen. Do you believe he's coached his last game? You know, I, I tend to believe him only because I don't I don't know where he would go. This was kind of his dream school. You know, he, he's from Ohio. Um, it was one of the places where he, you know, would go after the Florida issue. I just don't know where he would coach because I feel like he, he, he loves being a Buckeye. So – if he's going to coach again, 
Doug, I, I would bet money on him being an interim coach at Ohio State, very similar to what Barry Alvarez has done at Wisconsin a few times, but I don't think he's going to be a permanent head coach anywhere else. Uh, if, if he leads the team out again, I think it's going to be because, be because someone leaves the program, they're in flux, and he has to step in for a game or two, but I, I, do, I don't believe that he's going to coach. And I've, I've spoken with him several times about it. He seems somewhat at ease. I know it's going to be tough, but I think that he is at ease with not only his career, but where it's ending uh, for Ohio State in particular, that being the program that he grew up rooting for. Yeah, I, I, tend, I tend to agree with you. Uh, that that I, I think that it, that it is Ohio State. It's different than if it was at Florida or Ohio State and Notre Dame were his two dream schools and he got to coach one of them and, and win a national championship. I just, I don't think you can top that to go out and he doesn't have to chase money because guys make so much more money now than they used to. A hundred percent. And I don't, I don't sense that he would do anything in Notre Dame. I just, just part of me, it just doesn't, doesn't seem like that. He's not going to have to worry about money. Heck, you know, he's going to have an opportunity not only to be an associate AD and possibly teach this course that you heard rumored at Ohio State, but he's going to be able to name his his price when it comes to television as well outside of that. I will not be surprised at all if he winds up on your TV next year during the fall. Yeah, maybe maybe sitting next to you or in studio in studio throwing to you. That that's of course the voice of Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst for Fox Sports. Um are you what what's your stance on the bowl games and how they determine conference strength yeah i mean it i think it's a really bad barometer um although it's one of the only barometers that we have right so the bowl season is tough because you've got injuries you've got guys sitting out you've got you know and let's face it even though i hate the excuse you've got motivation factors and and i don't think that it's a great representation of exactly what a conference's strength is or isn't plus you never know what type of matchup you're going to get with the, uh, the opposite conference, so on and so forth. However, when you don't have any other barometer to go on, it's, it's one of the only things that you can lean on as a crutch. And when you really look at this bowl season, I think two things stand out. I think that the top end of the SEC is as strong and, and stronger than anything else in the country. Having said that, the conference that I thought showed itself better than anybody else was the Big 12. And even with the, the loss that Oklahoma had, when you outscore Alabama, what was it, 35-17 over the last three quarters, you're coming like a freight train, and clearly the 28 nothing deficit was just evaporating during the course of those last three quarters. You saw what Texas did physically to Georgia last night. I thought that those two conferences you know, were clearly the winners of the bowl season, if you get my drift. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I would say that the final score was not indicative. That that Oklahoma game, they're up twenty eight nothing. That game is over, right? And and it did it did feel like Alabama decided to not show anything else and to just be super conservative. Like I I I do feel there's a li- we're giving a little too much credit for Oklahoma that was badly outclassed by Bama. Is that fair? I thought that the biggest mistake. No, I I would actually I would disagree respectfully. Um, only because I thought that the, the worst mistake of the night was Lincoln Riley deferring to the second half after they won the coin toss. I think that that's a totally different game if you can establish yourself having success right away rather than allowing Alabama to start flexing their muscles and, and being the stronger team with their offense on the field in the first series of the game. I think if Kyler Murray goes out on the field in the first series and they go down and score, which is likely to happen, 
I think it's a different Oklahoma defense that you see. I'm not saying that they win the game. I just think that the game flow is probably more like the last three quarters and less like what we saw in the first quarter. Um, but I might be totally optimistic on the OU side. Uh, I just thought that that was a total mistake from Lincoln Riley to defer. Why in the world would you want that defense against that offense on the field to start things off? Yeah, I mean, I think he obviously wanted a chance to score before halftime, get the football back, yes, but his offense. And look, his defense did ultimately get some stops, but they, they were taking on so much water before, before, they, before they did so. Uh, what, do we, what do we do now with Notre Dame? Like, How many times can we see them in a big New Year's Day bowl game where they're not as good as their reputation or their record, and, and we, like, we almost have to look at them differently than we look at any other Power 5 school, don't we? Well, and this is more an argument, I think, for the 13th data point, really, even outside of Notre Dame. And the one thing about it is, is, is that the only time we're going to deal with this now is with Notre Dame, because they're the only Power 5 team that we're going to be sitting there, and they're only 12-0 not playing a conference championship game. You can make an argument that because they have this scheduling tie-in with the ACC, all we saw in the semifinal was a de facto ACC championship game and that someone else should have been in the playoff once you got past that point. It, it is interesting to me that you see the two most successful seasons that Notre Dame has since 2010 under Brian Kelly. It's two years that their schedule, while it looks good on paper, comes together in a very weak fashion. Remember that year is the year the USC struggled immensely. This year you've got Virginia Tech, Florida State, you've got Stanford, you've got USC all down. Not very good program, so they sneak through, they go 12-0. They beat Michigan, which was a heck of a win that first week of the season. I think it was beneficial for them that they got them week one of the season. But then there was no fail-safe, i.e. having to play a conference championship game. If they would have had to play Clemson in the ACC championship game, then we avoid that semifinal. So I think that it's more of an argument that they need to be required to have that 13th data point, which means join a conference. I know people scoff at that all the time, and Notre Dame says to themselves, well, why would we do that? We get NBC money, so on and so forth. And I understand that argument, but from a purely what's best for the sport argument, Doug, I think that Notre Dame needs to join a conference, and they need to do it quickly. Uh, what do we, what, how, do we handle, how do we view Georgia now when they were just outplayed last night? Well, and, and out-toughed, right? I yeah. mean, they were not even the most physical team on the field. They were outrushed by Texas. Texas did an outstanding job on all three facets. Uh, Georgia made way too many mistakes. Uh, I think that that quarterback, Sam Ellinger, proved that he's one of, if not the toughest quarterbacks in the entire country. And, and all it did is prove to me that Georgia had a really good year. They beat some terrible teams, won 11 games. And in the four toughest games that they, that they had and the four toughest opponents they faced, they went one and three. And the bottom line for me is this, Doug, they were tougher on Twitter than they were in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And that's just the truth. Yeah, I mean, they're talking trash when, uh, when Notre Dame was getting stomped. It was kind of a bad look for them as they, they, they no-showed. Uh, uh, our takeaway on Michigan, who we both thought was the real deal. They lose to Ohio State and just get uh, you know, obliterated defensively late against Ohio State. Then to, to no-show against Florida... Uh, how now do we view this Michigan team? Yeah, so I understand the defensive struggles with the guys that, that they had that weren't playing. However, I think that y you've got to start looking at the fact that every really good head coach in college football has adjusted. And they, <clears throat> they have 
realized that they ultimately need to be balanced. And they need to be balanced in three facets. The ability to play defense, the ability to run the ball independently, and the ability to throw the ball independently. And, and unfortunately for Michigan, their offense is not a dual-threat offense. If they can't run the ball, they're going to have a really hard time throwing the ball off of that. So if you get up on them by a score or even two scores, there's almost an impossibility of them to come back because they cannot just drop back and throw it. You've seen over the course of the last five and six years, defensive-oriented coaches understand that position and adjust accordingly. Gary Patterson realized that at TCU. He said, i got to get some spread guys in here. And with Trevon Boykin, they went to the spread, and ultimately they went to a New Year's Six Bowl and won it when they smashed Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. You've seen Nick Saban adjust and now become a much more dynamic offense with the ability to throw the ball independently of their run game. You've seen that with Dabo Sweeney taking his quarterback that was 16-2, and putting him on the bench and saying, we're going to put Trevor Lawrence out there because he gives us the best chance to throw the ball independently of our run game. Michigan has to evolve on offense or else they're going to continue to devolve into college football's you know, 8-15 to 15 range and have an inability to get up there and beat some of these great teams that can do both. I think that they play quality enough defense, they can run the football, but they just can't throw it uh, like they need to in order to go up there and ultimately win the Big Ten and potentially compete for a national championship. That's the voice of Joel Klatt who joins us. There'll be a new mythical made-up-out-of-nowhere national champion with Central Florida. I, I get that they don't have Mackenzie Milton. That's the heart, the soul, and the quarterback of the team. But, I mean, LSU's offensive line was a mess. Uh, what, def- what, what, uh, what DBs they had got ejected, and yet UCF still couldn't beat LSU. What does this do to the legitimacy of, of their record over the past two years? Well, I think that their record last year should stand alone, um, you know, independently of this year. Having said that, this was always the argument of those of us that said, listen, this is fantastic what they're doing, but it would not be happening if they were playing in a Power 5 league. That's not to say that they're a bad team. I think that they would have finished 15th in the country. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think that they probably would have been somewhere like 10-2 and two in the regular season, maybe 9-3, and three, but they would not have been 12-0 and, um, and or, or 13-0 and after a conference championship game because they just didn't have the requisite depth and, and more in particular, they couldn't own the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball to the degree that you need to in a Power 5 league against the two or three best teams in that league. Unfortunately for this take, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's such an elitist take and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is this. It doesn't mean they're a bad team. They're a great team. They really are. But they're just not in the top eight in the country. And I think that that's fine. The fact that they've built themselves to this point is a remarkable thing. And, and hopefully they'll get an invite and potentially have the opportunity what Utah and, and TCU have done, which is move up and move into the Power Five. But if that doesn't happen, then I'm sorry. This is just going to continue to happen because the money at these Power Five leagues, the ability to recruit, the ability to hire assistant coaches is just different. And therefore, those programs are just deeper and they're better in particular at the top end. Um, okay, so we have a national championship game on Monday night. It's Clemson versus Alabama. No one's going to argue these are the two best teams. Two young, talented pro, uh, guys that will be uh, playing in the National Football League at quarterback. You ever wonder what Alabama would look like if they had a legit pro prospect at quarterback? N- now they have one, but so too, does, so too does Clemson. Who do you like Monday night? 
I like Alabama only because I think that they have less holes. Um, I still am a bit nervous for Clemson's pass defense. We've seen that get taken advantage of at times. And what we did see from Notre Dame, albeit they got run out of there, but, Doug, I was pretty impressed with their run defense and their front seven, weren't you? Yeah. No, okay, I, I, so said, I, I was all year. I thought it was underrated, but I, I thought they did a pretty good job. And, and so I think that you can also say that Alabama would have as good or maybe a touch better or, or at least in the same neighborhood as good of a defensive front seven. So I think that you can make an argument that this game is going to be put on the shoulders of Trevor Lawrence and that Travis Etienne is not going to be able to run wild. Now, hopefully, or you know, for the Clemson's sake, they're going to hopefully get that run game going. But I think that it's going to fall on Lawrence. Their pass defense is suspect. And for those reasons, I just think Alabama is the team that's the deepest. They're the most balanced, and they're the best, and therefore they're going to win this game. Awesome stuff. Joel Klatt uh, joining us, of course, Fox Sports lead college football analyst. Joel, great stuff this season. Look forward to talking with you after the national championship game. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, man. Have a great day. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year to you and your family as well. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows you what other people in your area pay for the car that you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new car or a used car. Visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's check in with Dan Beyer find out what else is going on in the world of sports. What do you got, Dan? One other note from college football, wrapping it up with uh, Joel. Dana Holgerson, the new head coach at the University of Houston, leaves West Virginia after eight seasons, went to seven bowl games, won 61 games in Morgantown, now gets a new contract. Five years, $20 million were the reports, Doug, as Dana Holgerson goes from West Virginia to Houston, power five to group of five. Oklahoma Oklahoma wide receiver Marquise Brown entering the NFL draft. Speaking of the National Football League, Colts have the Texans coming up on Saturday at Wild Card Weekend. Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton set up practice again because of his injured ankle, but he is still expecting to play against the Texans. Colts center Ryan Kelly says that he will play Saturday after missing Week 17 with a neck injury. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin addressing the absence of wide receiver Antonio Brown for their season finale against the Bengals. Circumstances being what they were and the amount of things that we were going through, um, it wasn't a lot of communication there. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday prior to the game, uh, to be something that's very significant and will be ha- handled appropriately so. I'm not going to speculate on trades and things of that nature. Uh, we haven't formally received a request in that regard. That was Tomlin earlier today. Giants GM Dave Gettleman says they aren't interested in trading wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. And then the NBA, no LeBron tonight for the Lakers against the Thunder out with a strained groin. Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving not going to play against the Wolves because of an eye injury. We'll be back to the Doug Gottlieb Show in 10 seconds but first a word from farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back to the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug, it's all yours. Thanks, Dan. Um, look, there's reports out there that Cliff Kingsbury is going to interview with the Cardinals and Jets. Can I break my own news? Am I allowed to break? Do, we don't have like a breaking news sounder, do we, John Ramos? Like we don't have, I, I don't know. We, what, we fuck, do. Fuck. We just have a process that we like to go through as a network. So. We do? Yeah. Well, look, here's, here's what I know. That Cliff Kingsbury and the Jets and the Cardinals have already talked. This goes back a, a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was told through uh, a third party source that Kingsbury had talked to both. That's why, that's one of the reasons I, I 
I knew and I told you guys that the Cardinals job was coming open. Like they were already, and the Jets job was coming open. They were already talking to people. And I think that people, um, because of the immediacy of him losing his job at Texas Tech, that there's, uh, well, he could be an NFL head coach. It just, it's a, it's a, a different way of doing the same thing. And look, it's really hard at Texas Tech. You have 85 scholarships to get a defense. But offensively, he's seen as a quarterback guru and having a profound eye for offensive football. I mean, even this year, he lost his quarterback for the year. So I, I look at it, and I think it, it, make, it makes total sense. If Adam Gase can lose his job with the Miami Dolphins and still be a prime candidate, why can't Cliff Kingsbury lose his job with Texas Tech? Right? Like, that does make, does that make sense to anybody else? It makes sense to me. So why is he getting interviews? Because everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay, the next Matt Nagy, the next guy who can take a young quarterback and put him in the best possible situation to succeed. And, you know, he had Baker Mayfield. He had Davis Webb. He had uh, Pat Mahomes. So I, I actually think it makes sense. Like, oh, well, he just got fired. Like, yeah, okay. They almost all get fired. But we are searching for the next offensive guru, and that's the next offensive guru. That's why he got snatched up by USC so quickly and why Houston offered him the head coaching job. Is Tom Brady no longer a top five quarterback in the National Football League? Nick Wright doesn't think so. I'll give you my thoughts next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a show earlier on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One, we call it. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? Do, 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 do. Here was Nick Wright from First Things First. First Things First, the morning show, 69 Eastern Time, actually 630 to 9 Eastern Time, 332 6 Pacific Coast Time. He, Chris Carter, Jenny, Jenna Wolf. Anyway, Nick Wright talking about Tom Brady being considered a top five quarterback in the NFL. Has everyone gone crazy? Obviously, Brady is the greatest quarterback ever, and he's still a very good quarterback. But there's no way to look at Brady this year compared to Brady last year, the league MVP, and not see significant deterioration. Even in that Jets game, you can't see him miss Chris Hogan in the middle of the end zone, open by 15 yards, on, could have drawn a circle around him, and see him sail the ball over his head and say, oh. Brady's entering a different phase of his career. Now, he's held off this phase longer mm -hmm. than anyone we've ever seen. And it's one of the many reasons he's the greatest quarterback ever. But to, for pro football focus, and I, I, I love those guys, just call him the fifth best quarterback in the league this year, that's laughable. The idea that Brady has not played at a level lower than we've seen him play since the year coming off the ACL, that's just denied by all the evidence. The team's record says that. The fact that he is outside of the top 10 in 
every major passing category says that. And you, for pro football, I mean, I'll just start listing quarterbacks. Tell me when one that you thought Brady was better than this year. Mahomes, Breeze, Luck, Rivers, Watson. There's five. I'll add Russell Wilson. Now we're at six. We can keep going if you'd like. Aaron Rodgers, I said, was very close. Now we're at seven. Like Matt Ryan, his team was terrible. He was great. Now we're at eight. I agree with him. But look, this this is what happens at the end of we're late catching up to it, right? And somebody's going to point out to Nick that it's the same thing with LeBron James, right? Like LeBron is great and has been great, but is LeBron James really still the best player in the league? Or even, you know, is Giannis better than him? Is Kawhi, who had 45 last night, when healthy, better than him? Is is Kevin Durant? There does come a point where all of these guys age, and you can still have respect for what they can do mentally with understanding that they're not the same player. Now, they may be the same player in one big game in January, as Tom Brady may show us ultimately against the Ravens or the Chargers going forward to next week. On the other hand, maybe he doesn't. But I don't, I don't, I think it's a, a really smart, interesting argument that how many times did Derek Jeter win the gold glove and he wasn't close to being the best defensive shortstop in baseball? We're just slow because we don't want to disrespect legendary players, but it's not really disrespectful to say, hey, Tom Brady at 40, whatever, 40 years old is still a good, competent, top tier quarterback. He's just not a top five quarterback. What did the Fox say here on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio? Man, we still got a ton to get to. The Antonio Brown stuff uh, fascinates me. Just the idea that he would think it's a good idea to go on to social media with James Harrison. Which, did that interview ever happen, guys? The, the, he and James Harrison said, we're about to do an interview, going to put it on social media, and then suddenly it, it, the, the second clip never appeared. That, that feels like he got a call from somebody telling him not to do it. Music, was there ever an, an interview? I have not seen anything of the interview actually happening. Just the one clip that you referenced where they're basically saying, hey, here comes the exclusive interview. But Dan, have you seen? Nada. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I don't think it, I, it may have actually not actually happened yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it might not have happened yet. It might have happened. It might not. It might. It might not ever happen. I, I just look at NFL teams and I think of of my wife is a perfect example. And I know lots of people like this. Like, look, look, a lot of times when, when couples get together and go out to dinner and buyer, by the way, you took your wife to the Rose bowl yesterday, didn't you? That is correct. Buyer needs a little, uh, little selfie, uh, clinic. I think, uh, music. How, how's your, you're more of a millennial than we are. How's your selfie game? Uh, uh, not good. I just I, I no felt like I, I felt like buyer. I, I felt like you struggle with the selfie. Like you need a selfie stick if you're no. going to go selfie at the Rose Bowl. I'd rather keep my face out of it and put her beautiful. Face. That's what. Well, yes. that's what you did. That's basically yep. what happened. Is is his wife perfectly pictured Rose Bowl in the background, right? But he's not in there that much with his wife. And I'm like, does he need? Does he have really short T Rex arms? Is that the thing? And he couldn't reach that, out. That's long a enough? problem as well. My reach I'll, is not. That's why I'm not a boxer. Also, also a problem. All right, well, properly identified. Um, anyway, when you go out with couples, a lot of times the guy will joke about, you know, uh, what goes on in the bedroom or whether it happens too seldom and you've been married a long time. You know, even if it's just joking that and I, I can tell you, I don't know how your wife is, uh, Dan, my wife is super we're like, like, look, that's not anybody's business. Even if you're just joking about it, it's you're super private. That's how NFL teams are about their inner workings. Right? They, they don't want this. The last thing they want is Antonio Brown airing all their issues. They don't want these stories out. 
they're embarrassed enough that they didn't make the playoffs with Antonio Brown, with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, hell, Ben Roethlisberger led the league in passing yards. They're embarrassed enough by their lack of results and their losses to Oakland and to Denver. Like those are embarrassing losses for for the Steelers. And compound it with, oh hey, here's what's really going on. And you do interviews with players who left, you got cut, and then turned coat and went to the New England Patriots. Like I, yeah, you might get trade. I don't see. And the other part is there's like a reality to it. We do this all the time on this show. I know that I'm supposed to, in some people's minds, say keep him or trade him. You know, hire him or fire him. But the world is full of gray. Every player is tradable. It's just what are you willing to offer for me? Then the biggest, pro- the biggest problem Antonio Brown has is his contract, which he fought for and begged for and finally got. And that contract is so prohibitive, there's no way they can trade him. They're not taking $20 million in dead cap money just to trade him to make him happy. If he gets traded, they're going to send him to football Siberia, buddy. They're going to trade him to the worst possible team they can. Why? Because, one, he's killing their cap, and two, he's killing any chance of privacy. He may have legitimate grief, legitimate gripes with the way in which he's handled. Some probably illegitimate. But may have legitimate gripes, especially with um, Ben Roethlisberger and how he's handled with kid gloves. Sure, he may have legitimate beefs. But once you start airing them and make it public and then you start using social media and following the 49ers and calling Ryan Clark, uh, an Uncle Tom, that's what he did today on Instagram. Like, what are you doing? And this, by the way, is one of the problems with Drew Rosenhaus. A- NFL front office people are smart. They know you hired Drew Rosenhaus. You hired somebody who uh, takes whatever personality, but guys that he thinks has value based upon their talent. And his job is to get him as much money as possible, as quickly as possible. But, but Drew doesn't do a very good job of managing all the other stuff. That's not who Drew is. He's like, look, I get your money. You got to handle your own business. And Antonio Brown, I don't believe, is handling his own business all that well. So the Steelers aren't the only team with issues at wide receiver. I told you about the Giants. Told you the Giants would have a problem. We'll get to why the Giants are in the exact same position as the Steelers. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Professional envy. Professional envy. I I think um, a lot of football players wish they were basketball players. A lot of rappers wish they were basketball players, right? Um, But I I think, like, professional envy, I I talk to my kids about this all the time. Welcome in. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. It should be noted the the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Look, here's the way it works in, in our business, right? There's a lot of play-by-play guys who want to be color analysts. Man, I don't want to just describe the play. I want to tell you why it happened. Why it happened. You know, hosts come sometimes want to be analysts as well. Sometimes analysts want to be, want to be hosts. Um, you know, everybody wants the job that's either one step to the side of them. It's just a little bit different. You just kind of get burned out on your job. 
Like, man, I could do that. You know, anybody who, uh, my, my time slot is 3 to 6 Eastern time, 12 to 3 Pacific. In national radio, you want to move up, not down the dial, right? Middle of the day, like, ooh, now you got a chance of being on bigger markets. That's exactly what you need. So I, I look at it and I, I'm just, I realize that everybody wants some other job, some more glamorous job. Even bosses and TV bosses on radio. They'd like to be the, the quote unquote talent on radio, right? They want, and talent wants to be bosses. Nobody's just like, you know, I love the job I have. I want to keep the job I have. Would you like to make decisions? Yes. Well, as opposed to bosses who want their voices to be heard instead of just making decisions and being behind the scenes and being puppet masters. Sometimes you want to be out in front of the camera. This happens oftentimes. I mean, Quentin Tarantino put himself in every movie that he's ever made, right? Even as a bit actor. Does he need to? No. Does he want to? Yeah. And you know what? He can. It's his movie. Wide receivers want to be quarterbacks. We know this, right? That They so desperately want to be the face of a franchise that they'll do anything. Any amount of attention. No matter how off-criticized it is. And, and we give into it. How many times did other radio hosts during the last five years go like, oh, Antonio Brown got fined for one additional hip thrust? Remember that? How many times? And like, oh, just the NFL is. No, we said you don't need the sexual innuendo of it. Got it. You can thrust your hips. Don't do it. Find something creative. We already let you get away with the, the dreaded first down point. Guys do it even when they're down three touchdowns. We opened up the celebrations and a lot of you lack a good amount of creativity or, or ability to keep it interesting for us. But wide receivers want to be quarterbacks. That's why when I hear Antonio Brown you know, have a problem with big Ben Roethlisberger and think, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin are in cahoots. You mean they're on the same page? I actually think that's a good thing. So if you're just joining us, the story earlier this week was Antonio Brown got into some sort of verbal altercation with his quarterback on a Wednesday. He no-shows for practice on Thursday and Friday and for the walkthrough on Saturday. And then his agent ends up calling the Steelers saying, hey, he'd love to come back. And Mike Tomlin said, thanks, but no thanks. Don't believe me? Here's Tomlin earlier today. Stances being what they were and the amount of things that we were going through, um, it wasn't a lot of communication there. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday prior to the game, uh, to be something that's very significant and will be ha handled appropriately. So I'm not going to speculate on trades and things of that nature. Uh, we haven't formally received a request in that regard. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed and it will be addressed and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. So when you hear Mike Tomlin say that, like, look, I'm not going to air out my dirty laundry. I'm not going to tell you what, but we had a lot of stuff going on. He knows shows. We can't get a hold of him. We're left with no choice but to move on without him. Train has left the station. And they did. And by the way, they won the game. Were they as good? No, of course not. Of course not. You know, character over talent, though, when talent has no character. And if you know show for practice, because you get into it with your quarterback the week of a game, your third time you've gone AWOL during the season, you're lacking character. Our, our, our character will beat your talent. 
There's some similarities, though. Remember, his deal was reworked, and one of the reasons he's likely untradeable is $21 million in dead cap money because of the way his contract is structured. Same can be said for Odell Beckham Jr. Take a listen to Dave Gettleman talking about the future of his quarterback, Eli Manning. Eli and I had a very extensive conversation on Monday. No holds barred. He was, he took me in the low post and won, but, you know, the bottom line is it was a very honest and upfront conversation. I'll keep what was said private between he and I. I'm going to evaluate everything. Everything's on the table for us. Everything's on the table, including can we move off of our wide receiver? The same, they're the same guy. They grew up watching Chad Johnson. They, you, you watch highlights of Chad Johnson and Terrell Owens. And T, this is what happens when you reward T.O. with the Hall of Fame. As you go, well, you know, we know he was an ass. We know that he ruined teams, that he got run out of, he got run out of San Francisco. He got run out of Dallas. He got run out of Philadelphia. He got run out of Buffalo. We know those things happened, but he put up such big numbers. We don't tell the proper story. T.O. was a complete and total malcontent. And if you want to make the argument, hey, look how he played in Philadelphia once he got to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but here's the real and honest and unvarnished truth about Philadelphia. Okay? I've never been a Don McNabb guy. Um, he was able to benefit from playing with Andy Reid, with those tremendous teams, with Brian Westbrook and some of the other, Brian Dawkins, I mean, some just great all-time football players. But McNabb and the Eagles made five AFC championship games in six years. Four of those without Terrell Owens. And when they went to the Super Bowl and finally won the AFC championship game, you are aware that Terrell Owens did not play. Did not play. Now, he played quite well in the Super Bowl, and he... He put up tremendous numbers, but teams weren't better because of T.O. He was a really good player that was run out of every town that he got into. That's the truth. And then he got Chad Johnson, who was super talented. And somehow they found a way to make it work. And when he got out, and look, Antonio Brown, that's who he grew, grew up idolizing. Antonio Brown grew up in Miami and, and, and Chad Johnson was the dude. How was Chad Johnson when he got to a legit team that had, you had to line up right, not cover up the other wide receivers with a tight end in New England? He was terrible because Tom Brady doesn't like freelancers. You need to be where I expect you to be so when I read a defense and call an audible, you know how to line up. He couldn't even get out of the huddle. He didn't know what he's doing. Didn't study, didn't pay attention, couldn't retain information, was used to being able to freelance, and even Carson Palmer tired of it. That's what's going on with, with Antonio Brown. He's a tremendous talent. That's what's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. They're tremendous talents, but when they think they're bigger than the team and they don't have to run the plays or in the way in which it's being taught, Leslie's a quarterback looking bad. Where The quarterback's like, really? My job is hard enough when I'm trying to figure out what the defense is doing, let alone what the offense is doing. You know, everyone wants to keep it real. Well, keep it. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, well, there's a, a great bit, of course, from the Chappelle show and keeping it real goes wrong. Can't say what you really mean. And you definitely can't air grievances. 
This goes back. Odell Beckham Jr. essentially calling out Eli Manning early in the year. Antonio Brown doing the same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. Look, dude, you may not love them, but those are the guys who are going to get you where you want to go. You got to find a way to get along. Coming up next, Greg Cosell will join the show. He from NFL Films. We'll take a look ahead at uh, some of the matchups, Wild Card Weekend, and we'll get his thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Who had a better season? We discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What a crazy day in Pittsburgh, right? Where Mike Tomlin's like, yeah. He, it's like State of the Union, which is what you do in your exit interviews. And then turns out Antonio Brown wants to conduct like a, a, a Facebook interview with James Harrison. Man. Um, Antonio Brown, of course, benched last Sunday. We found that out earlier this week. Let, let's check in with Greg Cosell from NFL Films, uh, who, of course, has been doing this for his entire professional life, watching tape, breaking it down, sharing it with the masses, joins us every week. And, Greg, I, wa- I want to get to this weekend's games, but you've also watched a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers tape. Does, does Antonio Brown have a gripe with how he's used it within Pittsburgh's offense? I couldn't imagine he would have a gripe with that. The guy's caught over 100 balls for six years in a row. You know, that's personal stuff, Doug, which I know zero about. You know, you'd have to be there to know that kind of stuff. But uh, I couldn't possibly think that he has a gripe about his deployment within the context of that offense. That offense is built more so than anything else on individual isolation routes, and he's very good at those, and he gets thrown the ball an awful lot. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like whatever, whatever, whatever gripe he seems to have, I can't see it. Like you know, a couple of years ago he had 193 targets. Like, dude, you throw me 193 times. How could I have have any issues with you? Uh, I would agree with that. I, you know, I don't know where to go with that, but I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg Cosell joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Let, let's get to let's get to this weekend. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was imp- it's. People say last weekend's game was meaningless for the Cowboys, but to win without Zach Martin, to win without Tyron Smith, to win without Ezekiel Elliott, and to win on the arm of, of Dak Prescott, give him some confidence, win 10 games. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a smart thing to go for, go for the win. That said, what do you think of their matchup with the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I think you have two teams with similar profiles. I think you have two teams that are built on the run game on offense and that play very good defense. And I think that uh, what you'll see in this game and what both teams to some degree rely on and count on is the fact that their quarterback theoretically can make critical situation plays, whether it's within the structure of the offense or outside the structure of the offense. Russell Wilson is a far more consistent quarterback at this point than Dak Prescott. He's a far better thrower. Prescott is very much of a second reaction player. He's, he can do that. He's nowhere near as consistent as Russell Wilson delivering the ball from the pocket. You mentioned Russell Wilson. This year's the team obviously has established a solid run game with Chris Carter, uh, yep. with Chris Carson. How do they match up with that cow- speedy Cowboys defense? 
That's a great matchup. And in fact, I'm dealing with that in the NFL matchup show this week because the Cowboys are very good up front and they're very good out of their base look and they're very good in doing what we call gap exchanges where they slant and they change gaps after the snap of the ball and they try to create a wall so it makes it difficult for the zone run game to work. And in fact, the the zone run game, particularly out of the shotgun, the inside zone run game is the foundation of the Seahawks running game and offense. Uh, that's that's the voice of Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, let's continue, shall we, with the NFC? Like we'll, we'll keep in the NFC, then we'll we'll move over to the AFC this weekend. Um, the other NFC game is the Eagles taking on the Bears. How is Nick Foles? Nick Foles has been outstanding the past couple of weeks. What have they done to open up this offense? Well you got to be careful about that. He's been solid. This past week against the Redskins, it was almost a preseason-type playbook. He threw, uh, he completed 28 balls for 220 yards. Not many passes went more than six, seven yards in the air from the line of scrimmage. It was a very simplistic offensive approach. I think that was by design. So you have to be careful about the last game. But they're playing a defense now that's really good on all three levels. They're very good up front individually and with the stunt game. They're very difficult on the back end to decipher their coverages. Vic Fangio may be the best in the league at blurring the lines between man and zone. So this is a difficult matchup when you watch the tape for the Eagles offense. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I, I agree with that. Bears defense is dynamic. Now, the, the Eagles defense has been very good up front, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the strength of their defense. And there's some similarities in terms of schematics offensively, right? Yeah. Like Doug Peterson comes from Kansas City. Of course, Nagy comes from Kansas City as well. How does the Eagles defense match up with, with what the Bears are doing offensively? Well, their D-line's going to have to dominate if they can. Um, the Bears' offense is built on sort of a mix of very cool schematics and very basic stuff because Mitchell Trubisky uh, needs that at this point in his career. The Bears very often will work to the short side of the field in their passing game, which is the boundary side, which is two-man route concepts because you don't have as much room. That's where Tariq Cohen becomes a big, big factor, and I think how the Eagles match up to him could go a long way in determining the outcome of this game. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Trader. Let's work over to the to the AFC. Colts go in, beat the Texans last time around. Um, what, what were they able to do? That's a good Texans defense, obviously very good up front. But Andrew Luck's team was able to go into Houston previously, and that's why uh, I'm sure they have a lot of confidence. What did you see when you saw the win on tape for the Colts last time around a couple weeks ago? Well, I think one of the overlooked things in all the discussion about Andrew Luck and the deserved discussion about Andrew Luck is the play of the Colts defense. Uh, the Colts' defense in the two games this year has sacked Deshaun Watson 12 times. Wow. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that. Some have to do with a poor O-line by NFL standards. Some have to do with the fact that Watson does not get a clear picture as often as he should and holds the ball too long. And some has to do with the fact that Watson often doesn't see pressure the way he should at this point in his career. And in fact, in the Week 14 meeting, the Colts blitzed a little more than they normally do, and they caused a lot of problems. So we'll see how the, the Texans now need to adjust to that. All right, uh, let's get to the other AFC Championship game. Chargers really struggled to block the Ravens. And, sure and we had Mike Pouncey on, and he was like, look, we were prepared for it. We just didn't do a good job. Um, he said, like, look, the 3-4, the basically his breakdown was, 
um, you know, they, they, they want to get loose off those double teams. And then once you start scrambling, then the linebackers come in and make plays. Is it that simple? Is that what you saw on tape? No. Well, I think one of the things that we've seen all year on tape with the Chargers is that their O-line has struggled at times in pass protection. And Phillip Rivers, being such a master, has been able, for the most part, to compensate for that and camouflage that weakness with the way he plays the position. But there are some teams and some games in which that can't be done. The Week 16 matchup was one of those games. And the... uh, Ravens present, Doug, so many multiple front looks that you have to think through the game. If I, to be honest with you, if I were the Chargers, I would present a lot of empty sets, which clears up the picture pre-snap for the quarterback, and I'd probably go some no-huddle tempo and make it difficult for the Ravens to really do all their pre-snap movement, which really creates issues for pass protection. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What about Lamar Jackson? They felt like, Chargers felt like, they did a much better job in the second half with that, obviously, the one uh, Mark Andrews throw, beautiful throw from Lamar Jackson. But they felt like they they figured out what they were doing in the second half. Same can be said, really, if you look last week with with Cleveland. Cleveland seemed to figure it out more in the second half. Um, What type of adjustments are people making to Lamar Jackson and this offensive style once they've seen it a little bit? Well, I think, to be honest with you, the Ravens need to adjust a little bit now because they, they've developed kind of a distinct profile. They play in the pistol, and when Edwards is in the game as the running back, they tend to run a lot of dives inside. When Kenneth Dixon is in a running back, they tend to run, run a lot of what we call gap scheme runs, so they've become a little predictable, so they need to adjust because I think teams are starting to get a feel for what their run game is depending on the back. The Chargers play with six defensive backs almost as their base defense gives them more speed on the field. And Lamar Jackson has made a, enough throws up to this point within the context of their overall team. But my guess is he'll have to throw the ball a little bit better in this game, be a little more consistent throwing the ball. Who do you like? In this game? Yeah. I probably like the Ravens because I think their defense will cause some problems. Um, if I go back in uh, Colts, Texans, who do you like? You know, my heart's pulling for the Colts, so I have to do that. I, I, the Colts, to me, are a very intriguing team, and I think their D.C. Matt Eberflus has done such a good job and, and maybe an overlooked job from a media perspective. No, no question, and I think Chris Ballard's done a very good job, you know, in short order of kind of remaking, remaking this roster. Uh, Chicago at home, I, I got from your breakdown, you like Chicago at home against the Eagles. Am I wrong? I do. But, but I think it could be a game that's not particularly high scoring, and those games to me are very hard to, to sort of pick, and I'm not a good picker of games anyway, right. Doug. But, uh, you know, I think lower, lower scoring games, which barring turnovers or special teams touchdowns, my sense is this game's not going to be 31-28. Feels like Cowboys and Seahawks also low scoring. Is that, is that the wrong uh, way to look at it? could be, but, you know, when you have second reaction abilities by the quarterback, sometimes big plays can get made uh, outside of structure. Uh, this, this game's tough. I probably want to pick Seattle if I really had to, but I'm not saying that with a ton of conviction. Uh, a lot of us made a determination early in the year that Eli Manning was done, right? We saw a couple games like, oh, he's shot, he's done. Right. Um, but you watch all the tapes, and the season is not over just because we think it's over and we've made our determination. Um, the Giants are open, I think, to the possibility of returning. My guess would be, reasonable guess is, they want to bring somebody in or draft somebody to ultimately replace him, whether or not that becomes available this year or they think like it's reaching too high in the draft, I, I don't know. Having watched him on tape, how much does Eli Manning have left in the tank? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be uh, overflowing with optimism, to be honest with you. Uh, can he still make some throws? Absolutely. Uh, I think he's very inconsistent at this point. I think it's easy to point the finger at the offensive line, which was certainly in flux throughout the season, and he needs to be really well protected at this point. But it's also the NFL. You're not going to be really well protected all the time. So uh, there was a lot of inconsistency to his game. There was too much inaccuracy in his game, and to me, that's a problem. There were some misthrows by Tom Brady, but also some, also a dominance level of the from the Patriots last week. Um, to those of us who are those in the media, uh, some of us who thought you know Brady's showing his age. You saw him last week. How would he look? Uh, I thought he looked a little better. I thought he moved a little better, and that was one area in which I, I thought this year he was not the same. His ability to move within the pocket, he even moved outside of the pocket last week a little bit. Um, so I thought he looked better. Uh, but I think they've they've reached the point, in, in my view, based on my film study, where I think they can't win solely with Brady. I think they're going to need to be more balanced offensively, whatever that means in a given game. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean X number of rushes. It just means balance within in the context of a, of that given game. Great stuff. Greg, I, I can't wait to hear your breakdowns of the playoffs. Love your work and on the matchup show as well. Thanks so much for being our guest and happy new year to you. Same to you, Doug. Appreciate it. Thanks. That The pleasure is all mine. That's Greg Cosell from NFL Films giving us his unique look at this weekend's games in the National Football League. You know, I, and I know I'm, I'm like that. Like, I hate picking games, but it's just kind of a general sense of who you like in the game. You're like, you know, I, I kind of like Philly in this matchup. Because the truth is that within the con, like, look, I, I thought that the Texas was the better team than Georgia. But let's also be honest that Georgia fumbled a couple times on big hits early in the game. If that doesn't happen, completely different football game. Whereas I don't think the score was indicative in Alabama, Oklahoma. I mean, Alabama's up 28 to nothing. Like, that thing is over. Over. Turn the channel. Over. And I think Alabama kind of collectively turned the channel. Let's get you to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. DB, what do you got, my man? Bunch of news in the National Football League. First in New York, Giants GM Dave Gettleman saying that Eli Manning, here he had a conversation with the quarterback earlier this week, and, well, this is how it went. Eli and I had a very extensive conversation on Monday. No holds barred. He, was, he took me in the low post and won, but, you know, the bottom line is it was a very honest and upfront conversation. I'll keep what was said private between he and I. We're going to evaluate everything. Everything's on the table for us. I could listen to David Gettleman saying no holds bad just over and over again. I love it. Dave Gettleman there also saying the team isn't interested in trading wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton said I'll practice today because of his injured ankle but is expected to play Saturday in Houston. Colts center Ryan Kelly says that he'll play Saturday after missing week 17 with a neck injury. Some coaching news. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy interviewed for the Jets head coaching vacancy. He'll meet with the Bucks later today. And ESPN reports says Adam Gase is going to meet with the Jets. While well, the Browns are set to interview former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy for their head coaching vacancy on Thursday. Mike Tomlin still has the job, and the Steelers head coach responded to wide receiver Antonio Brown, who was a no-show for much of last week. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed, and it will be addressed, and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. Dana Holgerson is leaving West Virginia, officially named the University of Houston head football coach today, five years, $20 million after eight seasons in Morgantown. Oklahoma wide receiver Marquise Brown is entering the NFL draft, while WWE announcer Mean Gene Okerlund passed away today at the age of 76. Let me tell, let me, let me tell you something, brother. 
let me just tell you something, Mean Gene. Let me tell you something, right? That, like that's Mean Gene. Like Mean Gene Oakland, the bald guy who was the like the straight man interview for all those WWF yeah. interviews. Yeah. That's him. One one of the best. So he passed away today at the age of seventy six. Gosh, yeah, it's so many so many people from from our age, Doug, and and even older than us and younger than us, always knowing about Mean Gene. We'll be back to the Doug Gottlieb show and Doug in ten seconds. But first, a word from farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Thanks, Dan. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Buccaneers have asked for permission to, to talk to, uh, to uh, I, I want to say Chip Kelly. It's not Chip Kelly. Uh, man. Brian Kelly, got to get your Kellys right. Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame. And I think it's it's like, look, he's going to have Ian Book back. But I'm not, you know, I'm not sure this isn't the perfect time to bounce. Right? The perfect time to bounce. You got him to the college football playoff. You got exposed a little bit. You know, you got exposed a little bit. And you like, all right, like, look, we, we've, we've kind of topped out here at Notre Dame. You had an undefeated regular season. I just, I almost feel like you, you topped out. You can always come back to college as he's been, a, he was a big time college coach at Cincinnati, getting them to a BCS bowl game back in the day. Obviously they got exposed. And then the same thing happened at, at Notre Dame. He's been in the college football playoff. Now he's been in the BCS. Uh, he's been in the BCS, BCS games as well. And I, I do think, and there's an, uh, you know, this feels like at some point in time, People will will continue to well, they'll roll their eyes so much at Notre Dame that they're going to have to go above and beyond. I don't think it's fair, right? Like they played a a ridiculous schedule on paper. The problem with it is the reality of Stanford having a bad year, Florida State having a bad year, Virginia Tech having a bad year. Um, they did beat Michigan, SC having a bad year. All those teams that normally would go down as good wins don't look like great wins. They just don't. So I, I think it would be really interesting. Now, he is a guy who is hard on quarterbacks, but seen as a good quarterback guy. And, of course, uh, Tampa Bay is, I think, going to stand by Jameis Winston, which I actually think is the right thing. J- Jameis Winston not, has not shown himself to be a great quarterback, but there's a little bit to this. Th- this is my honest feeling of it. Y- you know what? A, y- you ever have, adopt a pound puppy? Now, for the record, I do not have a pound. My dog is not a pound puppy. My dog is a, I, I have the coolest dog on earth. It's a sheep a doodle That's half sheep dog, half poodle. His name's Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. Uh, we gave him a bunch of money. Now he only sometimes wants to perform, right? He won't go after onside kicks at all. I, I, I caught him, I caught him, you know, in a room with some baking soda. Sometimes this off. I'm kidding, of course. But his, that's actually his nickname. His name is Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. We call him Odie. Now, the only reason we don't have a be like, oh, you're talking, you're going to tell us about pound puppies when you don't even have a pound puppy. I would. I have a daughter who is very allergic to dogs and a pet dander. And if you know anything about sheep doodles or other hypoallergenic dogs, both the sheep dogs and poodles have hair. So there is no pet dander or or shedding. And she's not allergic to our dog. She's allergic to other dogs. So I'd like to have a pound puppy, but I can't. But here's the thing. Anybody who's ever adopted a pound puppy knows 
that they are they can be the most loyal dog. Now, do you have to work through some stuff? Like some dogs, if you if you uh, foster a dog as well, when they've come from an abusive home where they're not cared for well, like they they can have trouble with their house training. They can have. Uh, here's a guy who's essentially like an, a, a bit of a pound puppy. And and this is his own, you know, like he bit his owner, his last owner. I mean, how many times did he have just nonsense off the field? That's that's Jameis Winston. But generally thought to be a smart football guy. And he's got to behave and perform. And he wasn't bad at the end of the year. He's good. He's Is he great? No. But I could go through a list of teams that would rather have him at quarterback if the off the field stuff is done. Don't think Miami would rather have him or Jacksonville would rather have him. Of course they would. Denver, of course they would. Heck, the Giants, if not for the off the field stuff, the Giants would kill to have somebody like that. Kill. The Cincinnati Bengals, they need a quarterback. Andy Dalton out for the year. They like Andy. Andy Dalton's super smart, but there's just plays he can't make physically. And so with that in mind, he's not a top 10 quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and argue. You got your quarterback. I don't think it's a crazy job for Brian Kelly to turn down. All right, we got a bunch of things to get to. Um, Are the Giants ready to trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Not my dog Odell Beckham Jr. Jr., the real OBJ. We'll discuss that as part of the press. That's upcoming next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Last night, Tyler Trent passed away. It's sad news, right? Kid went to Purdue, kind of captivated the uh, the sports world with uh, Purdue's win over Ohio State and their honoring of him. It's just sad. And then Mean Gene Okerlund uh, passes away today. Man, 2019, not off to a good start in that in that context. Uh, but we'll try and keep it positive here. Thunder Lakers tonight. I, I give you my sense of what Luke Walton meant when he said he doesn't think much about Paul George uh, not, not not joining the Lakers, watching Paul George have probably the best season of his career. Get to that upcoming. But first, let's get to the press. The press. Bring in Dan Beyer, who filled in aptly for me the past couple of days and then got a chance to go see the Rose Bowl. Any better place, any better setting in all of sports than the Rose Bowl? You've been to a bunch of them, Dan. Yeah, there, there is no better setting. And it's funny because I said to my wife, who is not a sports fan at all, I asked her, I said, have you gone to any football games? We went to a Chargers-Seahawks game, I don't know, four or five years ago in San Diego. I go, have you? What other football games have you gone to? And she said, oh, we went to uh, Keller's football game, who's the uh, freshman high schooler next door. We went to one of his games. <laughs> so those were the two football games that she saw, a freshman high school football game and a Seahawks-Chargers game, and then she got the Rose Bowl yesterday, and she loved every second of it. like that? 
Yeah, that, that's a kind of a drop the mic. If you've gone to the Rose Bowl, and for people who weren't aware, uh, the last couple of nights have been the coldest nights you're ever going to experience in Southern California, right? Like frost warnings, so high 30s, low 40s, Santa Ana winds. Santa Ana winds come in from the desert, and in the winter they're cold, but it clears out any of the smog, any of the muck, any of the anything. And so you have a crystal clear view of the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, the Rose Bowl is in uh, almost like a basin, like a ravine, Inside Pasadena, where you kind of drive down and surround a golf course on one side and softball fields on the other. Great tailgating. I mean, it is, I mean, just iconic, per- perfect, picturesque. You can't, and while it was, it was pretty chilly, right? Sweater yes. weather. Yes. It was, it was cold. Winter like it, coat weather in the fourth quarter for my yes. life. Yeah. Um, uh, it, you, you can't get a better scene than the one we saw. It was amazing. Really good stuff. Uh, should have some really good stuff in the NFL playoffs, which I, I think are so underrated, Doug. Just the with We always talk about Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball in October, and, of course, the NFL is the Super Bowl, but the playoffs are great. Chargers-Ravens coming up this weekend. Head coach Anthony Lynn says he expects Hunter Henry to be on a pitch count if he plays Sunday against the Ravens, which we expect, but wouldn't be a full go, would be on a pitch count in that wild card match. Roger that. Yeah, look, I, I think any 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 amount of Hunter Henry. I mean, um, look, Antonio Antonio Gates got loose and he's got no speed. And of course, Antonio Gates fumbled. Um, but Hunter Henry's a big time player. I've been told he's ready to go. He's been ready to go. They they will use him judiciously. But just another weapon. They also have Austin Eckler, who they didn't have, and they got to get rid of that football quickly. That was the one big thing. They want to get rid of it quickly and smartly and give Philip Rivers options. I like the Chargers. I think. Second time around, hopefully they made some adjustments because they were dominated at the point of attack by the Ravens. If you if you miss Mike Pouncey, the Chargers center, talking about that last matchup, you can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast as soon as this show is over, and you can listen to that interview. Giants GM Dave Gettleman said the team isn't interested in trading wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., adding, quote, we didn't sign him to trade him, end quote. The Giants. So OBJ going to be sticking around. Of course, there were trade rumors previous seasons with OBJ, but not going to be the case anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know they didn't, but, you know, like, was he really hurt? And is he really going to be like, I just I feel like there was some regression in his behavior after he signed the contract. So uh, it, it's smart to say because it stops the rumors. But would I at least see Hey, is anybody willing to give me two first for him? You know, first and second, you know, because as much as you didn't sign him to trade him, and I know there's cap ramifications, I, I still think that there's a, there's a reason there that, that he didn't play the last couple of weeks. And there's, there's friction always with Odell Beckham Jr. Because he thinks he's so much bigger than the team. Out. A bunch of numbers that are out from the National Football League announcing TV viewership was up 5% from a year ago as a whole. Now, all five of the TV windows were up from a year ago with Sunday Night Football averaging 19.3 million viewers. That was the most of any of the five windows. Most watched game of the year, Cowboys Redskins on Fox on Thanksgiving Day with 30.5 million viewers. Yeah, it, you, know what, you know what that proves? That proves that it's not always about the best teams. Right, like people always get caught up on how, how good are these teams. People watch they they, they don't watch good teams. They watch as much as they you can't be terrible. You know, one it's Thanksgiving, so that's what you're doing. You're watching football. Two, it's Cowboys Redskins. It's his it's history, right? It's a historic rivalry that you just watch. And then of course the markets. Redskins still crazy popular. Cowboys America's team. So 
it, it does dispel the whole myth of how good you are mean, it equals how many people will watch. Yeah, I sent a tweet out on the power of Thanksgiving Day football because Bears-Lions was the second most watched game. That was also on Thanksgiving Day, 26.6 million viewers behind that Cowboys-Redskins matchup. How about this from the NFL in their year regular season ending emails of the year? Just got this, Doug, that the most touchdowns in NFL history were scored this past season – 1,371, but it wasn't the highest scoring season in the NFL. It was the second highest, almost 12,000 points scored. Extra points seemed to be the issue because there were 33 touchdowns scored more than the second place, and they were short for the most points in a season by 33 points. Well, look, this, and this is one of the things, like, I, I'm not trying to disrespect uh, Pat Mahomes or Baker Mayfield or Saquon Barkley, right? All three set touchdown records, didn't they? Uh, I mean, Pat Mahomes didn't set one, but he scored 50, 50 touchdowns, yeah. right? And Baker Mayfield set the, uh, tied the record. rookie mark, and Saquon Barkley broke the rookie mark for touchdowns, correct? Yes. Yeah, so again, here's this. you're just providing context. More possessions, more, more points equals more touchdowns. So y- you have to grade it on a sliding scale. I think college football should go to a running clock. Uh, total side note, but you talk about more points. Yeah, because it, it's so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so long. Yeah. And I don't think that you would get as many, you know, 60, Four 70 hour point games. games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, totally a side note, but when you talk about scoring, it's also a way to, to maybe limit it a bit. At NBA news. Lakers forward LeBron James out with a strain. Groin won't play against the Thunder tonight. And Kyrie yeah. Irving out against the Wolves because of an eye injury. Yeah, he got poked in the eye. Got poked in a pancake. Um, I think the LeBron thing, Brandon Ingram played his best game of the year, maybe his best game of his career against Sacramento. We'll see how he plays against the Thunder. Luke Walton said he doesn't think about it much with Paul George. Like, you can't, you can't, you know, if, if Paul George is the one that got away, remember, Paul George didn't even, didn't even have a meeting with them. So they had cooled on him. He had cooled on them. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't take anything from it. When he says he doesn't think much about Paul George, it's not to, it's not, to put shade on Paul George, it's just being honest. I can't think about a guy who wouldn't even give us an interview. The Lakers are in far better shape than they were, you know, before they had LeBron. And their, you know, their plan B is to go out and get a free agent this year via trade or via free agency. And finally, Doug, if you missed it yesterday, the NHL announced that the 2020 Winter Classic will be taking place in the Cotton Bowl next year in Dallas, Texas. Yesterday's game played at Notre Dame Stadium, but the Cotton Bowl in Texas, which had a canceled bowl game this year, will get the Winter Classic next year. Yeah, they had a canceled bowl game because of a thunderstorm, right? Yeah, that'll work now, good with Now, hockey. here's the thing with Dallas. You could get you could get ice or you could get a 75-degree day. Like, you can get... But they're playing the actual Cotton Bowl, right? Because the Cotton Bowl yes. is not played in the Cotton Bowl. Correct. Right? The Cotton Bowl is played in Jerry's World. They play the... the heart, What was that one? That was the the... The first responders bowl that yes, was canceled. Yes, yes, it was. There you go. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Uh, we have breaking news. Although we don't have no, we need a breaking news sounder from Fox News. Breaking news: Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers, will join us tomorrow. Dabo Sweeney. So fired up to talk to Dabo. He is a force multiplier. Uh, we'll ask him about the preparations this year and how he takes from last year. Alabama and Clemson. That's upcoming tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.